Welcome to On The Roof with Sunny and Tiff. We are true women, we are mothers, we are partners, and we have known each other since our early teens. Our journeys have taken us on very different paths. Our lives have been filled with our own unique individual experiences. And now we find ourselves back together to share this podcast. In human design, we are both 6'2 profiles, which means we're currently in our On The Roof stage where we're in a period of reflection, observation and soul searching. Join us for real heartfelt conversations about what we're observing in our day-to-day lives, what our new normals are and of course our shared passion for human design. We're thrilled that you've joined us and hope that you enjoy listening to what we have to share with you today. Hello there Sunny. Hey Tiff. Uh, and also today we are saying hello to our very first guest on the on the podcast, which Sunny and I are super excited about. So hello, Jenna. Hey guys. Hi Jenna. Thanks, Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So Jenna is someone that I personally wanted to have on the podcast. It just turned out that she's also our first guest. So That's very special, but Jenna is someone that I came across, I think about a year ago, and I started following her on social media and just felt an instant connection to what she was sharing, the things that she talks about, and towards the end of last year, I ended up working with Jenna in, in her Lake House program, which was amazing, and part of that, I didn't really know what that program was going to entail, and it turned out that there was elements of human design weaved into it to help me, you know, further understand my own design. And and the real focus on was like embodying these things that we learn through systems like human design. And so in working with Jenna, and it's not just human design that she has a lot of knowledge around. She is just, I mean, the things that I learned around my astrology has just blown me away. Uh, doing the site K um, subconscious reprogramming sessions with Jenna were incredible. Uh, the EFT tapping has been a bit of a life changer for me. So, the, the, and there's, I know there's more that I'm probably forgetting right now as well, Jenna. So you can share even more. <laughs> but I just feel like you are a woman with so much knowledge and wisdom, and the fact that human design plays a big part in your life now and everything that you do that was really a big motivator for wanting to get you on the podcast because I just yeah I feel like you've got a story to share there as well as a lot of experience and knowledge that our listeners will find really valuable and yeah so I would love you to share with the listener just anyone who obviously doesn't know you a little bit more about yourself and, you know, maybe a little bit of your journey up until this point. Yeah, perfect. Thanks so much, Tiff. Uh, and I'll just start by saying my defined heart, like, give it to me, give it to me, all the things. So thank you so much for that intro. I'm very grateful for that. So, yes, I am Jenna. I am, uh, for those of you who uh, know a little bit about human design, I'm a 1-3 single definition clinic manifester. So very quick and very fast moving human being. Uh, so yes, I am a mentor, a coach, and I guide humble healers, those spiritually curious entrepreneurs to come into their own energy, to come back into their essence, who they are, their expression, their self-expression, and to really ground down into the foundations that allow them to be themselves. So the foundations that allow them to find that inner strength to keep going when they want to quit, to find the strength to keep going when they want to give up, when things maybe aren't going as they mentally thought that they would, and to be able to really support them through that beginning journey of stepping into their soul work, stepping into their mission, stepping into what they're here to do. So that's what I really help and assist and guide so many incredible humans on and interwoven into that like you're saying Tiff is the aspect of human design astrology subconscious reprogramming in particular like K 
uh, EFT tapping and really being able to utilize those tools that we have access to, to be able to support our humanness because we are human and we are soul and it is the human part of us that can really run the show and can really kind of put the skids on in life and business and creation and all the things. So I really support people to balance out the both, to blend both human and soul together. And my journey actually very first started with with human design. That's where I very first um, began. Uh, my first coach actually, she was really about the ego and really understanding becoming friends with your ego and then from there I went into human design so human design was actually my very first call of call I actually started my business doing human design readings and all that sort of um, jazz and then I realized that um, I have a triple air in my astrology so I have Libra rising Gemini moon and Aquarius sun so there's a very big aspect to myself that is very much intellectual thought, mindset, very air. And so that was when I started to weave in subconscious work and that's just what makes my heart and soul sing and shine. So that's a little bit about me and where I very first started. Thank you for sharing that. So you shared like you'd worked with a coach and then you sort of that led into learning about human design what was your experience in learning human design and specifically you know you're a manifester uh you know we've talked about manifestors on uh you know other episodes quite a bit because we've both got manifestors in our lives our children and you know we just think you're fascinating beings (laughs) so what what was it like what was it like learning that you were a manifester and starting to understand that about yourself and and learning about human design oh my gosh so it I'll be really honest here it was extremely challenging for me in the very beginning I growing up I was I am the last of four children So there's six of us in the household growing up. I was the last and I was born into a completely defined sacral family. So there were five defined sacrals in my household and I was the youngest child to come into that environment. So coming into an environment as a manifester, I actually was breached. So I came out feet first and in the born naturally and all of the things. So coming into a world that my family had no idea and most of them, or they don't now. So coming into a world where it was so deeply sacral driven, I grew up as a generator. My whole childhood, my whole adolescence, my teenage years, even into adulthood until I had found until I found that I was a manifester I was still a sacral and even at the point where I found that or uncovered that I was a manifester it took years and I'm still it's still now I'm still taking years to decondition from being and being raised as a generator energy type and so that's something that it's still in my life now I'm very aware of and I think that's the difference now I've become so self-aware of when it's happening and how I can pull myself out and really accepting. Uh, and I think that was a very, that was the the key point, I think, as a one, three, a first line and being very fast moving manifesto. I'm like, give it to me, give it to me now, give me all the things. I want to learn all the things. And so in the very beginning journey of the whole human design part of it, I dived and I dived hard and I dived deep and I just learned and learned and learned and learned. And what I found for myself was there wasn't enough or any embodiment. All I was doing was learning and all I was doing was just consuming and I was just on repeat consuming more and more and more, but I wasn't actually allocating or allowing myself to embody what I had learned. And so... For me, the first, because how long has this been? This has been 2020. So it's been five years now, that at four or five years I've been on this journey. And last year was a pivotal, pivotal uh, shift for me with a particular coach that I worked with. 
before that, I was very much consuming. And then as soon as I worked with this particular coach, it went from consuming to full embodiment. And it was like this light switch just went on and I was like, I get it now. I finally get it now. So, yeah. So for me, it was a lot of just learning and no embodiment, which I think like is the opposite of what it's designed for, right? I think so many of us are consuming and not embodying and that's a whole other conversation itself, I'm sure. Do you, was was part of that because you didn't identify with what you were learning or what you were consuming? I think for me it was just so much about I just, I am so driven by knowledge and it was so driven by knowledge but at the same time I wasn't ready to accept that I was a manifesto type because I had been so brought up to go, go, go. You don't stop until you've literally drop on the floor. You, it's this whole, you know, my dad's had a business basically his whole life. You work hard to put money on, you know, food on the table and you don't stop because you've got to work hard and, you know, rest. You can rest when you're, you're dead basically. So I think for me in the very beginning, it felt safer to keep consuming than it did to embody because I don't think at that stage I, I had the tools to be able to embody what it was to be a manifester. Yeah, and that's, I, I guess, just that really hones in on just how strong and powerful conditioning can be, you know, in the environment we've grown up in and, you know, it doesn't even have to be a whole lifetime, like it was your whole lifetime, but even just shorter periods of time can condition us so much that when we actually receive information and we learn new things we just can't even resonate with it because it seems so foreign to us and it it does it really has to be that learn implement learn implement or you know embody that step by step because that's when the growth happens and once we've taken something in we can actually embody that and step into that you know step by step so yeah that was, that was a really clear um, message that I, I felt you just really shared and so many people could really resonate with that, even with human design who might have learned things about their chart and they don't resonate with it and it's usually because of the conditioning we have. Yeah, I agree 110%. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because a lot of the time we don't, we can't see it through a new set of eyes. We can't see it through a new lens or a new perspective. We can't often look at it and go actually that it is in unfolding in my life but I'm just not allowing myself to see it yet yeah for sure mm. and in starting to do that work where you felt like you're really embodying human design what did what did that look like compared to just learning it like did it mean that there was big changes happening in your life and and how you were operating or, or what did embodiment look like to you? Yeah, so it took, um, so my coach was Amy Ruth. A lot of people in this world will know her. And I actually, last year, I set the word of embodiment. That was my theme for last year. I did not know what it would entail or what it looked like. And I certainly didn't even have Amy on my radar whatsoever. But, and I had learnt you know, from Amy Lee and a lot of others beforehand who are incredible coaches and mentors and humans. But what it took for me was to have a projector who was so deeply embodied in the work that she does see me. That's what it took. It took a projector to see me for who I was and also the potential that I had. But also what it took was... Because quite often, and this is from my own experience, we don't understand the power we have. And we every type has its own power. But I feel like there's just this unspoken, unable to put into words power that a manifesto has that they don't even understand themselves yet in any way. And I think what it took for me was for Amy to be able to recognize that, to be able to hold space for me 
and to reflect back to me and go, that's, look at you, look at the tribal, look at the tribal part of you. You know, going and listening to, you know, someone's podcast and not ever speaking about it or telling them, look at the tribal part of you. And it it made me realize that all the things that I was actually already doing was my design, but it just, the awareness around it allowed me to go, I've actually got this. Like I have actually got this and I can now really fly. And that's what it took for me to, to deeply embody what it is that I'm here to be. That's yeah. Very interesting that that whole, what the difference it is between knowing something and actually feeling in it. And that, yeah, I, I suppose as a projector, I, I see people all the time, but it made me think as well, like you were open to it. You were open to, and I, I love Amy Ruth. I love what she puts out there and, I can only hope that we can talk to her one day on this show because I just love how she parents her children and I just think she can yeah. change the world with how she looks at things and, and her knowledge. But that, you know, you were open to Amy seeing you and allowing that and I feel like that's sometimes where a bit of resistance comes in for all types is like me as a projector, I can see things about people but yeah, the other part of my design is I have to wait to be invited to, you know, and obviously you gave Amy the invitation to go, hey, like, I want to work with you and, and like, you know, whatever that path looked like, but you were open to it. That was the invitation to her to, to, to work with you on that. So yeah, it's interesting that that's a key part of what supported you in, in moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that I am just as a person, I am. I can see something that needs to change and I'm all in, you know, that's where it first began for me. There was a line in the sand and I was all in. I just, I had to clear the change. And so I'm very willing to see other perspectives and try new things. And, and I think like adding on to what you're saying, Tiff, I also think too, that was one of the things that actually got me into Amy in the first place was I actually... I joined one of her offerings that she has and within that offering I did wasn't doing one-on-one at that stage but within that offering she has a manifested child and her manifested child she would show what it's like she would show what it's like Amazing. and that actually drew me in because there was a part of my inner child that was like I need to reparent myself I actually need to be the person now as a 37-year-old woman who needs to reparent the manifested child within because no one else is going to do it for me. I'm not going to have a parent that's going to do it because they don't know the world of human design and I don't expect them to. But I knew that I had to do it for myself and a huge part of me working with her was because I was seeing her do it for her own children and that was very empowering to to be around, to watch Mm -hmm. And, um, and one of the greatest gifts I think anyone can give the world is to watch that happen and give permission for mm. a- adult manifestors to be able to reclaim their power. Yeah. I thought it might be really beneficial for the listeners, Jenna, for you to give a really quick snapshot of what a manifestor is, because, you know, just to, yeah, the listeners might not know. I mean, you guys are 9% of the population. So, you know, you really are very unique um, human beings. And I just feel the listeners might be slightly confused as like, what's the big deal about manifestors? <laughs> yeah, some days I still ask myself that same question. <laughs> um, I really think that... Uh, like there's a lot of us, there is a lot of us, but there's not because a lot of us haven't been able to to really step into it and embody it fully. I feel like for me being a manifester is knowing that I have a very powerful vocal cords. I have a very strong um, voice, regardless I feel of whether it's defined or undefined. That is something that I feel is strong within me. I mean, mine is defined, yes. I feel as a manifester, it is this sense of moving through the world, being so self-aware and self-confident and and not from an egotistical or ego place, but it's just this 
self-assuredness and this knowing within that this is who I am. I'm not here to be changed. You know, I have to be okay with people having certain perceptions around around me and my strength or whatever it may be. And that's that's gonna to be totally okay. But what I think it actually I think what it is for a manifesto is I feel like there's so much work and inner work that needs to be done in order to be totally confident and comfortable in being it. But I think there's still so much nuance to it because we're here to impact and initiate. But if you look at it and you look at the examples, like if you look at me, for example, I'm learning to step into my voice. I know it's very powerful. I know there's healing codes in there. I know I've got work to do on that. But then when you compare me to someone like Peter Kelly, who's also a manifester, who's not big and bold, and but she's powerful. She's very powerful in her own way. So I feel like being a manifester, there is this sense of, there is this sense of like, who is this woman? But in all different ways, in big Leo ways and then in, in really quiet Virgo ways, whatever way, it's just, there's always this, who's that woman? Or oh, she's just stuck into my mind for some reason. Yeah. And that's the power of a manifester, isn't it? It's, and I guess that's part of the journey of knowing your power. You know, like you mentioned, we all have power, but manifestors mm. have this very regal, in a sense, power of, of initiating and leading and actually just kind of with blinkers on of whatever urge you're, you're following at the time and that initiates other people around you. But I guess surrendering into that, that you actually don't have to be paying attention to what other people are doing around you and that you don't have to worry about them trying to understand you. Which is a really big deconditioning process, isn't it, in itself, in and of itself, in that particular instance, for sure. Yeah. And I think now we live in a world of social media, it's even more um, important than that happens for many manifestors. Yeah, for sure. Interesting you brought up like the comparison, say, between yourself and, you know, I, I follow Peter Kelly as well and falling more and more in love with everything she creates every day. <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah, like you're both manifestors, but you're both creating your own magic in your own unique individual way. And there's no one version of what manifestors create either like I just don't think anyone should ever fall into this trap of thinking oh this is like this is what manifestors do it can look so different and mm -hmm. that's something I'm trying to encourage with my son at the moment who is my middle son Ashton is a manifestor and he is by far the most creative out of our whole family but he can't see yet what that creative magic in him is because he's been conditioned around creators are artists that's mm -hmm. his perception at the moment is and I'm mm -hmm. trying to communicate to him that no no mate it's not just being an artist like drawing or painting or something because he's very good at that but that's not what he's drawn to like yeah and so now he's like going yeah but that's not what I love or whatever so stop telling me that that's what I'm here to do and it's no like there's going to be something else that you're going to initiate and create in your life that will be wholly and solely based on what you want to do and put out in the world. Um, and it can look so many different ways. <laughs> That's what I think is so exciting about manifestors is, yeah, what you're here to, you know, give to the world. Mm, for sure, definitely. And I think one of the key things is to just reflect back when, you know, when we are in that state of peace, when we are in that state of flow and, you know, we are creating, it's in, it's incredibly important, obviously mostly projected, but to reflect back and reflect something back, to reflect back to us like, look what you've just created. How did you feel while you were creating it? And if it was, you know, I felt really calm and at peace and it's okay. Well, what you've just created, can you say you've, you've impacted this person because of that and you've done this because of that like you haven't necessarily had to go out and inform everyone because it doesn't come naturally but you haven't had to go and tell everyone but you being in a state of peace and you just being in your flow and being able to just create 
now look what you've gone and impacted so many people. You may never know that and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But finding your flow and your peak in what you do will impact like beyond anything else. Yeah. That's really powerful. A reminder for, for me, I also have a, a son who's a manifester and I know that's, uh, you know, that's a real theme with manifestors that you can't actually, you don't, you don't have any self-awareness. Well, not any, that's not the right word, but you lack that self, you can't see yourself. You know, it's, you're not, you don't see yourself like, like all of the other types, you know, are able to. So yeah, it's so important that we, yeah, we can remind manifestors of what we see and just tell them what we see. Mm. Yeah, definitely for sure. And I think it's just that reminder of like exactly what you're just saying, Sunny. It's just that reminder and that reflection of, you know, you don't, you are, we're all powerful in, in our own way, but this is how you've had an impact. And whether that's actually a, a uh, expansive or a limiting impact, maybe in being in this place of being really angry. And moving from that space and being able to reflect back when you're angry, then this is also how you impact. So it's just allowing the manifesto to become so super self-aware. And because a lot of us, like not a lot of us, but I'm very fast. I'm a one, three, splenic single definition. Like I am like, I'm a lightning bolt, right? I... I'm an Aquarius sun, which is naturally ruled by Uranus. So I am incredibly like fast acting. And sometimes I don't even know the impact I've had, good or not so good. And yeah, that's another part of it too, is learning to be okay with either side of that coin. Yeah. Mm. A big thing that we have talked a lot about in some of our other conversations, Jenna, is around since we've learned our human design and what that means for us as an individual and how we're best to use our energy and, you know, how and what our strategy is and how it's sort of changed our day-to-day lives, like in regards to the work we do, how we now socialise, how we make decisions. How did, I suppose, just learning about human design, but also then once learning that you're a manifester and having been raised around generators your whole life, what did your life change look like? You know, how do you work now, say, before you learnt about this? Oh, I'm laughing. Uh, (laughs) I... I put into I I worked mindset wise, and I put into motion the sale of one of my businesses last year, and that was a huge manifestation process. But since then, so the last nine months, it has been a huge journey to get out of the sacral um, response of running a business, which I was definitely in. And into embodying more of this energy type that I am not used to. I am not, um, not I shouldn't say comfortable, but I'm not comfortable, right, in it because I have known a generator for so long. So there's a sense of nervous system regulation too in relation to balancing everything out. But for right now, in relation to honouring my energy, it's, getting really still, to be honest, getting really still and really quiet and being able to feel and to hear and to listen to not only my own energy, my flow, but also my voice, my inner voice, my my everything, my intuition, my spleen, and being able to listen to all those things. But for right now, the biggest part of this whole process and journey and where my life and business has changed is being able to be okay with the moments where I'm on fire and maybe I sit at my computer for 13 hours straight and I do not move. And then maybe the next day I can't even look at a screen or maybe that goes for two days and then I'm out for a week. It's a very 
that has become a lot of um, deep, deep, deep acceptance that that is the way that I actually best work and my greatest output of work is honoring the surgeon. I've got a defined heart, right? So I can run on willpower until the cows come home. But it's being able to recognize, uh, like I was sitting at the computer the other day for 12 hours and then that, that sort of 13, 12 and a half hour mark, I could feel the push. And that is the difference now. I can feel the push of when I've gone, okay, I've gone from my creative urge and surge into pushing because I want to get this done. It's time to, sh- to shut things down. And that's now, I'm very proud now, but that's the, the point that I've got to. Whereas the, the journey before would have kept going until midnight and just pushed and pushed and pushed. Yeah. So definitely embracing the the rides and the current of and energy currents and flows yeah and also too another really weird i shouldn't say weird because it's all we're all different another really weird thing that i have learned to embrace is just like if i'm sitting here and i'm like oh you should go just pick that book up I'm like what am i going to pick this book up for it's totally random totally off point of what i'm actually currently doing and then off I go on some tantrum, like Tanny, reading some other book for the next three hours, not even doing what I originally set out to do. So to also just flow with that and embrace that because it's something that I'm meant to be doing at that time and I've just got to trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just love everything you just said. Um, I'm like, I just, you know, I just think so many people can just benefit from the silence, you know, listening, learning how to listen to themselves and, you know, tapping into our intuition and flow and all that kind of stuff. I'll get to that in a minute, but I did just want to ask you one thing that you talked about, um, where you said you you now you can feel that when that push starts when you're coming from that place of oh I have to keep on going and like pushing through when mm-hmm. it's time to stop what does that feel like for you in your body I I go out of this sounds um but I go kind of out of myself and I'm not really in my body I am. Um, it feels like I'm running on autopilot. I'm not enjoying the process. I'm not in the process. Um, you know, I might sit at my computer and listen to music and I might start sing or I might literally dance in my chair and then all of a sudden I'm fidgety and I just don't want to be here and then maybe I'm starting to think about everything else that I've got to get done. You know, maybe there's dishes on the sink or washing that's got to get done. When I'm not in the process, when I'm not present, that's when I know that I'm out. That's when I know that I'm done. It's like watching a child colour in and all of a sudden they're like, Poof, like crayons are down and off they go doing something else. It's mm. just this automatic knowing. It's like your body leads. It's like my body's just leading and it's done. And okay, but I've got to trust that I'm done with that now. Yeah. Would would you say that's like your um, you know, like you're not in peace anymore, like that's your your signature, right? Of when you're in alignment, doing what you should be doing. Would you say that like you're no longer at peace? Is that kind of how you would identify that, or would you not use that in that way? This is a really great. This is a really great question, and I have come to learn that there are micro stages of peace throughout the day. Yes, definitely. But I would not call that, for me personally, in my experiment, I would not call that the satisfaction of peace, like having that, sorry, that signature of peace. I wouldn't call that. So for me, those moments are more like, they're more like joy. They're more like, I mean, flow. It's more like, I'm just loving life and I'm just, I don't really feel anything. It's just this space of mental clearness and I'm just in the flow. But there was a moment there a few weeks ago, which I actually talked to on on social media. And it was this space of, I, I sat down on my meditation cushion and it was this first time I would say, honestly, that I've ever felt like it in my life, but it, and I get, I want to get emotional now thinking about it. That's what it feels like to be at peace as a manifester. It is 
it's visceral. It is this deep, deep, deep state of peace where there is nothing but love and nothing but gratitude and nothing, no mental thought, no mental chatter. There's, it is just this place of just pure, it's hard to explain, but it's just this emotional state of pure peace. For me, that is my signature. That is what I'm designed to create. I feel like moments that are going to push and pull you out of that. And that is the goal to create more moments of that in my life. But I wouldn't say, I, I still have peace, but it's not the deep peace that I know exists for us, if that makes sense. I think both Sunny and I would also love to just ask you a little bit more around, you touched on it in that, you know, you part of your journey with human design has been reparenting yourself and reparenting that inner child that obviously didn't get parented as the manifesto that you are. And I think yeah, when you when you watch someone like Amy Ruth with her manifesto, it's like it's it's incredible just to be able to watch someone in real life allow a manifesto to be a manifesto. And I think that that's what we are both now that we have that level of awareness of okay, we have manifestors. We can't ignore that we have some level of knowledge of what a manifesto is and and how they're different, but. Oh boy, when you're not a manifesto and you're trying to parent one, it's 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 a challenge, I'll say. Um, have you got any advice for us? <laughs> like, what would you have loved your parents? Like, is there anything you reflect back on and go, if only they had allowed me to do this? Or is there something that you think, as a manifested child, what do they need the most? This also, this is an incredible question and thank you for asking it, Tiff, because this actually makes me extremely emotional as well and I will try not to cry. But the, the, the first thing that popped into my mind was I wish parents had, um, what's the right way of putting it? I wish my parents had explored what I, what I wanted to explore with me. I was such a spiritual kid, like the moon and the stars. And I bought the Dolly magazine to read my star signs and, you know, all those things when I was young, you know. And for me now looking back, I just, I wish that they had have uh, been more open to whatever I was going through, you know. And now my parents talk about it quite a lot that, even my sister talks about it quite a lot. Like I'll have an idea of starting, you know, a food truck and then two days later it's completely gone, right? So instead of it being like, oh, what she want onto now, like what's the next thing that she wants to create, just being open to allowing us to to dream and to, to being, you know, oh, well, tell me about the stars and tell me about the moon, even if – you know, maybe you don't necessarily care really or whatever, but it's just being able to allow us to explore what excites us and allowing us to explore what brings us peace and allowing us to do so in a state of space and peace and knowing, I think also knowing when we need to rest and it's okay to rest. Like that's it's yeah. okay. That's a big one, I think, for me with my son. In that, I now understand his ebbs and flows of these. Like, because you can start to go, oh well, he had this massive urge the other day and had all this energy, and now he's just slothing around and like got no energy. And previously, I didn't understand that, obviously. And then now I understand it, but I still have to fight that urge sometimes when that conditioned me goes, oh, he should be, you know, being like his manifesting generator brother and have all this energy. And it's like, no, no, remember, he's a manifester. He's he's needing his rest time right now and that's okay. So, 
yeah, that's a big one for me. And I think too that just stood. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly say before I forget something that really stood out in that tip was the word should. Mm-hmm. And I think this is anyone, and this is any conditioning, but as a manifesto, particularly growing up, if you told me that I should do something, I will do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we know that one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, this is something where as a, as a being a manifested child, it can be like, my dad was actually naturally incredible at this. And he'll be like, this is what I think. And this is what I see. I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's your decision. But this is where you need to, this is, this is two sides of the coin. And so growing up and even now I go to my dad more, sorry, because he has that approach. Um, which allows me to be back in my power. And he's like, I know you're going to do whatever you want anyway, but yeah. So I think that's just the word of, yeah, you tell a manifest that they should do something that they're going to do the complete opposite. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've learned that one the hard way many times. (laughs) It's good value to watch sometimes, though. (laughs) Um, I, w- I was just going to share my experience around, you know, the, the rest. Um, and it's so interesting. This has, I've literally just had this, uh, this awareness of this, uh, as I was listening to both of you talking about this, that my, I raised my son in the younger years. So it was just me and him. And it was, he was like, I'm a generator and I'm just on my, I like, I'm getting a bit emotional because I'm literally just getting this download now of why he got sick all the time. He would get sick all the freaking time with these colds. He was like just head colds all the time. And it was, that was the only way he would ever get rest around me. Mm-hmm. I am literally just getting that right now. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I was always making him go and I would, then I would always get angry with him for being sick. Oh my God. Oof. Yeah, definitely. And just and to expand on that as well, growing up I was always in the victim mode and I would always say, Why am I the only one that ever got anything? Why am I the only one that ever got handed down, quote unquote, handed down all the things? I have PCOS, I've got Crohn's and autoimmune disease. And there's so many other things that I have that I'm the only one, quote unquote, that got handed down, which we don't, but all of these things. And I believe now wholeheartedly in all of my heart that it was from a space of being burning out. It was a space of being pushed for so long and using my sacral, not anyone else's fault, but it was just using my sacral for way too long and not allowing myself and my body the rest and space and time it needed for sure. Yeah, So I can definitely relate with that with him for sure. Thank you for allowing that to come through to me (laughs) Mm. yeah pleasure and it would be really interesting to see like how many other manifestors too also find themselves in that space of having developed some kind of dis-ease in their body through through different stages of their life like if there was a really stressful period of what happened you know or there was a decade where they just worked and worked it would just be a really curious thing to to uncover on think. Yeah, and that's just another powerful side of human design, really, isn't it? It's that, yeah, there's this wisdom that comes with it that helps you live your day-to-day life, but it's also understanding that this is actually what your body, like your energy is designed to do and how it's designed to operate. And when you go against it, for example, your body will will resist in its own way and you may not even realise that that's why it's happening, but it's the body's way of going, <laughs> this just isn't what I'm here to do or be. So, yeah. In, in terms of parenting, it's just, it is such a helpful tool. Like we, you know, we don't, we don't know what we're doing as parents. Like, let's just be honest. Of course, there's so many <laughs> books out there and resources and things like that, but we don't know what we're doing. It's all trial and error. But the most powerful thing we can actually learn is, human design for our children because it is a resource that you can apply and 
utilize, which actually has like tangible results instantly. You know, that's been my experience anyway. And, you know, I know most people would say the same that have implemented human design, but even just on the most basic level, it can just make your parenting journey so much more fun and easy and successful, I guess, you know, for you as the parent and for the child. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, for sure. I agree. And I think like as an example, as a manifesto, obviously with a defined throat, we're here to use our power, we're here to use our throat. And grow, like growing up, for example, me having an open solar plexus, the amplification of energy around me and obviously a splenic authority, but the amplification of emotion, not being able to express them because I wasn't using my voice and it was something I held onto and held in which is also another part of what's unfolded in my life for me personally because we, growing up we weren't emotional. It wasn't something that was normal. So feeling people's emotions and amplifying them but yet hanging on to them because I couldn't voice them out of my throat, that's another thing. So if as a parent, if you understand that your child has an open solar plexus, and they're a manifester and they're really here to amplify the emotions that are going on around them, then you can help them with the tools to be able to express their emotions in the physical form, being able to express out of the throat. And that will help them to be able to come back into their body, their nervous system, all the things. So I I definitely agree with you, Sunny, there that, there is some powerful tools to help assist um, based on designs in particular, like nuances of people's designs for sure. Yeah. And it's something that we're both just really starting to explore more and more now. It's like one step one was learning our own personal human design and applying that to your own life. And then when you start to go, okay, I want to learn more about my children and my partner and the people in my life, it's really changed how we both now look at parenting and uh, you know, and when you've got, I've got three children with all different designs or, or like different types as well. So it's, it's crazy how it's changed so much for me in my outlook of what I'm doing. And I know Sunny's the same. So this, it's everything you've shared, Jenna, is just amazing. And it's been so good to hear more about your story and get your insights from, you know, your perspective of human design and how you've been applying it to your life and things. And I think that's the beautiful thing about human design is that everyone who goes down the rabbit hole, I always call it a rabbit hole because it just feels like that to me, it never ends, Mm -hmm. of learning human design. I love everyone else, everyone's different individual interpretations of it. And I think that's why I'm really excited to get more people on this podcast as a guest to who know about human design like yourself, like just to get your interpretations as well. And so it feels like it then gives other people this permission that when you're learning about human design, you can, there's so much that you can sort of play around with it and discover how it feels right for you. And and that's a, the cool thing I think about human design. It's not like this set strict rule book of this is how it all is meant to be sort of thing. And also, too, I think in the place of embodiment and actually experimenting, like it's not something that we're designed, not just designed to intellectually learn. And that's something I learned very in my process. It's, it is something we're designed to, to live and to be and to embody, you know, it's the program that's going to happen to us regardless of whether we know the information or not. But having a knowledge of it allows us to be empowered to make more aligned, more conscious choices for a more, you know, aligned, smoother, quote-unquote, life. So, yeah, agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. So how do you, like wrapping this up, I'd love to learn a little bit more of what you're actually offering at the moment with how people can work with you, but is how do you apply human design as well in the work that you do do? It is really incredibly important and I really honestly think this is the way forward for a lot of coaches and mentors and so people who are providing any kind of service is to have an understanding of their clients, their clients' designs, how they best work, 
how they best operate. Uh, I have had, um, for example, you know, the whole Monday to Friday or, or Tuesday to Thursday boxer and that's it. Well, if I'm a manifester who has a power surge on a Sunday and I want to talk to someone on a Monday and I don't have access, then there's then I'm not in flow, right? So I really think as service providers and moving forward, I think so many of us need to have the understanding of our clients, their strengths, being able to guide them and coach them in the best, most authentic aligned way to bring out who they are. So... I offer, um, at this at the moment, I do Reiki. I do subconscious reprogramming. And I can't tell you yet, but I have a brand new, brand new offer, which is going to be launching. And this will be a 12-month immersion. And this will be rooted and grounded down with the foundations of human design. And so I... Yeah, I'm really excited to be launching that in the next couple of months, but I can't tell you any more than that at this stage. But uh, it's yeah, I think it's just really incredibly important whether they're working one to one with clients or in a group environment that there is a, a, at least a base level understanding of each individual client. I think that's going to have to be the standard moving forward in this coaching industry to get the most out of people and their abilities and what they're really here to do and shine in for sure and i can personally highly recommend your subconscious reprogramming sessions they are very powerful and yeah you don't even really understand how they're working but they do (laughs) so it's yeah amazing no thanks tiff that's like energy though isn't it we don't understand how it works it just does (laughs) And so how can people find you, Jenna? And also how do you work with people? Is it in person or do you offer sessions online? Yeah, so everyone will find me on Instagram, which is Jenna underscore Douglas. And all of my sessions are virtual. So that is the way that I best work. I like people to be in their own comfortable environments. So I work virtually, so I can work with anyone, anywhere, all over the world, anytime. And that is my preference of choice. I do do some Reiki sessions in person locally, but for anyone who's not locally, um, that is all virtual online. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll share in the show notes and the links, a link to your website and your Instagram because... That is where I feel like you share your best work a lot of the time. You, Yeah, you've got some great content that you're always putting out. So, But thank you, Jenna. Thank you for being our first guest again and this awesome conversation. Thanks for having me. It was a, a blast and I'm really grateful to be able to, to share with other manifestors and other design types what it's like. And yeah, it's a bit more understanding. So thank you so much. We wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we speak, the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation and the Ghana people of the Ghana country. We pay respects to their elders past and present. Thank you for listening today and we hope you enjoy our future episodes.